Well, good morning. Welcome to uh, those of you watching this here at Grace Life Church. We're a little bit late coming on. We've already had church. Amen. And we're excited to be with you. For those of you here watching or who watch or listen at a different time and as it goes into the uh, audio format into different countries, we greet you in the name of Jesus. We thank God for he's bringing us into a brand new year. We understand that all of us in different ways have faced things in 2020 that was a tumultuous time in our lives, in our country, in our nation. Uh, but I want, to know, I want you to know that we all came out victorious. We have, the, we have the triumph and we are the winners. And this is January the 10th, I think, 2020. And I'm going to say some things today uh, con uh, concerning uh, our nation and where we're going. And we hope that you'll uh, be blessed by it. I'll say on the, on the front end, if I offend you, I would invite you to simply turn me off. It wouldn't be that hard for you. Uh, but I'm going to say what I'm going to say in the name of Jesus. Uh, you'd have to be part of our service this morning to know what brought us to this point, And we won't go there. Uh, but there's, there's a fight going on in our nation. And it's not, it's not happening in Washington between two political parties. Whether, you're, whether it's Democrat, Libertarians, or whether it's Republicans or whatever. There is a war that has been going on. It has happened for quite some time, but it has just now surfaced. We just now saw. The enemy just played his hand. He just showed it. And God has declared some things, and he has said some things. And the Bible says in the book of Amos that God does nothing in the earth until he speaks through his prophets. Now, I do understand that there's confusion, much confusion now, because many prophets and credible prophets have spoken and decreed that our pre current president, president, and he is the president of the United States right yes. now. He is the commander in the chief of, of this nation. He is the 45th president of the United States, and here I go, and he will continue to be the president of the United States of America. I have no, I, have, I am not a prophet, but I do hear from God like you hear from God. If you are listening and God is speaking and God is declaring, and I will try to speak with compassion, but yet with boldness, I have spoke with God. That may mean nothing to you. And you say, well, what if you're wrong? I'd rather be wrong and fight for the cause than to do nothing at all, as many of you. Thank you. So. Our president is in a place where God has placed him and what I have heard from God myself for whatever value it has is this. I asked the Lord what happened and what time it is and he told me it is God time. I feel very uncomfortable saying what I'm about to say because I am a preacher of the new covenant and not the old covenant. Thank God for both covenants, but God brought us into a new covenant and Jesus fulfilled it. And God uh, does ha still have judgment, but he's not judging this nation because we didn't pray enough. He's not judging this nation because there's too much sin in the earth. And so therefore he's removing uh, our help. You're in the wrong covenant. I'm sorry I used to be there, so I don't criticize you. Thank God for revelation. It's progressive, but we're going to walk in the revelation that we have. 
Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know the hope of which you are called and the glory of his inheritance to which he called you. Then he told you also that you need to know that you have an inheritance. And thirdly, he told you that you need, you need to know the power to us who believe according to the work of his mighty power. I was, without giving any details, uh, I, let's just say I was awake one morning or several and it was my birthday, the morning of my birthday. And I woke up early in the morning as what's been happening. And I heard these words, President Donald J. Trump is the president of the United States. And he's not at the White House. He's in a secure location. And then, do what you want to with this. I'm laying in bed. Most people are asleep. And I've never had God tell me this in my life. He said, and I'm angry. Well, <laughs> I was just barely awake, and so I... I pulled the covers off of my head because <laughs> I didn't, are you angry with me? And then I thought, oh my gosh, they'll read my epitaph. Born January the 9th, died January the 9th. <laughs> God's angry. God loves, so loved the world that he gave. But God has plans for our lives and God has plans for every nation on the earth. And our nation is young compared to many nations. But our nation is here for a number of reasons that we could talk about history and our forefathers. But that's history. It's important that we understand history. I'm not here to defend Donald Trump. I'm not here to rally a cause for him. I honor him and I respect him and I pray for him as we were instructed and as the church should have prayed for the previous president and the one before and the one before. The body of Christ is vast. And it's powerful. But it's been asleep. And while we sleep, the enemy has taken ground. The enemies of our nation are not just China or Russia or Iran. They're internal and they're external. They're foreign and they're domestic. They're in universities and they're in schools and they're running business and they're in Hollywood. They're desensitizing our people and our family and our children. We slept and we woke up and we found out we lost certain rights. Things that people my age couldn't believe America would ever be what we're seeing today. But I have news, I believe from heaven, that this is not over. The election is taking place. Many people have opinions. Many people believe it was stolen.
I want to say something there, but I won't. But I want you to know that the kingdom of God is based on two things. Righteousness. And justice. I didn't say it loud enough. Righteousness and justice. God has time because he created time, but he doesn't live by our time. But there's certain times that God calls, says this must happen at this time. And God decrees it and he declares it. And he has the prophets speak it. I pray for every one of you prophets who have a prophetical voice who have spoken and you're taking hits from around the world and people are mad and now they want to speak of evil of you and pick up stones and the body of Christ is turning one on, on another. We're instructed to love one another and to serve. So I pray for our president. I think he's protected, he's safe. I pray that he's strengthened in his physical being, his body. I thank you, that, Father, that all of his family receive strength and peace in their body, in their mind, in their emotions, and our vice president. Our fight is not with man. Our fight is not with the House or the Senate. It's our responsibility to be involved always as Christians. That we have a voice. But someone told us we couldn't, we couldn't speak. But our, 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 our job was just to have church. The truth is, our job, according to the book of Genesis, is to run this planet. Why don't you go to Genesis 1, start reading, find out what God said and who he made you and what image he made you and find out what he gave us. Go over to the book of Matthew and you'll find out that he gave us keys to bind and to loose. You see, I've never understood how a foreign nation, well, I understand how they steal elections because I've never needed... New, uh, a news anchor or media to give me their opinion not, not, not to report news but to be the news and shape opinion if you would read this book and find out God's stand you won't need someone to tell you who to vote for see sir ma'am we respect you for what maybe you've accomplished in your life. And I might like your economic plan. I might like your education plan. I might like your health plan. But can I just be stupid and blunt and simple? If you stand for the taking of human life, sir, ma'am, I can't stand with you. I bless you, but I can't stand with you. I have to stand with God. And I'm going to stand with God. Amen. And I'm going to stand for life. Yes. Amen. And if you're not on the platform of life, I, I bless you, but I can't stand with you. I can never vote that way. So it doesn't matter who infiltrates into our nation, Russia, whoever it is, to shape opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't, it would never affect me. 
because I already know what to do from here. And I wrote some notes down, and we won't, I won't get to just many of them for sake of time, but I would like you to want to sometime go read Colossians 1 and uh, the whole chapter about how God chooses people. And he chooses many times, he says, the weak, the foolish. When God came to, the angel came to Gideon, the angel says, Hail thou, mighty man of valor. And Gideon looked around to see who he was talking to. Why did he do that? Because Gideon himself said, I am, the, I am from Manasseh. I am the weakest in my entire family and tribe. But that's not what God saw. And that's not what God sees in you. He sees who he created you to be. And so what's happening today in our nation is a time that we've never, ever experienced. There's, we're a little over 200 years old. And so we're, we're at a place, we're at that Red Sea moment to where we went as far as we can according to the system. I want to just say that God didn't create that system, but he has one. And, and we need to remember that the God who split the Red Sea is still God. And the God who delivered is still God. And the God who performs miracle is still God. Jesus said, believe in me and you shall see the glory of God. I want to reiterate, I am not endeavoring to lift up a man or to fight for a man, although that would be a very worthy cause for he has helped this nation in many people's opinions and the church more than any president that we know of. Do we like everything he says? No. I don't like everything I say. My wife doesn't like everything I say either. <laughs> and so no matter who is in the White House, the church will be okay either way because we're the body of Christ. We're not even of this world. But God has a plan for this nation. And if you looked at the United States, it's 6% of the population of the earth yet it's the most powerful nation. And many nations look to this nation for their existence, for the welfare, for the security. We have been the peace, what? Makers. See, it, sometimes there's a difference between peacekeepers and makers. And this nation has fought battles for other nations who are not able to defend themselves. And they just didn't keep the peace, they went down there and made it. Ronald Reagan pointed about 100,000 missiles at Gorbachev's head, and he said, he said, I mean, he said, I told you to tear the wall down. And Gorbachev said, oh, well, you, you should have just told me what you really meant. Well, it's because we had the means to do it that we could keep peace and not have to use that. God wants us to have peace. Jesus came to bring us peace. So we're not fighting with one another. We're instructed to love one another. 
but there's a God cause and it's worth fighting for. And I understand, as many of you understand, that God gave us the responsibility and, and he gave us the mandate to use our voice and our words to operate and rule this planet just like we see in Genesis and throughout the Bible. He said, choose life, choose death, choose blessing, choose cursing. So we all make the choice. But when God wanted something, he spoke it into existence. When the body of Christ comes together and they begin to speak and decree and say the same thing, whatever systems are in place, whatever looks like it's impossible that there's no place to go, Really, I, I want to give you hope today. I, I want to give you hope because many of you are in fear. And I want you to know that God didn't do everything he thought of, and he'll try it again in four years. Let me leave my notes for a moment. God decreed by credible, credible prophets that our current president will serve eight years. I believe with everything in me, he will serve eight years. And behind that will be another eight of God's choice. And behind that, if we're still here, will be another eight of God's choice. We are getting ready for the greatest awakening the world has ever seen. Are you listening? The greatest awakening the world has ever seen, and God is putting all the pieces together. January 6th came, and it left, and much happened, and much was said, and much got exposed, but it needs to be exposed who's with God and who's not. And when we get to inauguration, whoever hands on the Bible, should be our president. But if it's not, don't stop there. I asked Richard Nixon, if you ever see him one day, can you be removed? at any time. The God is a God of love, of righteousness, and justice. He has waited. He has dealt with people. He has given them time to repent. He has, he has given them mercy, and he's waited, and we are on now God time. This is where you can cut me off at any time, but in, if I'm making you mad, you should. But there is a hope, there is a, uh, I, I don't know how many, there is a multitude, hundreds or millions of the angelic coast right here in the United States of America. You say, you're nuts. Good, I, that means I got the mind of Christ. Huh? I have the mind of Christ. And so 
we are going to do something based on what the Word of God did in Second Kings, where the prophet spoke and he heard, but the king of what was Assyria would come to attack Israel, and every time he did, there'd be an ambushment. And the king said, I'm, I'm really tired of this. What's going on? Which of us is a spy? Who is working with the king of Israel? Who's a spy in my camp? And someone, I don't know how he said, he said, it's none of us. He said, but there's a prophet. There's a prophet who hears from God. And every time you make a plan in your bedroom, he can hear you. <laughs> You say, I don't believe stuff like that. Well, that's why I said cut me off. <laughs> just, just cut me off. It's not a problem. It won't affect you. It won't hurt me at all. I got much bigger fish to fry than that. Praise the Lord. So the king of Syria said, this is going to stop. He said, where's he at? And he said, he's in Dolphin, Alabama. I mean, Dolphin. <laughs> Dolphin. And he says, well, send an army down there and bring him back or and kill him. Which I always thought was really stupid. Because if he hears your plans, and you're going to go, how do you sneak up on him? <laughs> I mean, you got to be really stupid to come up with a plan like that. So they did come, as you know. You remember the prophet had a, a servant. His name was Gehazi. He was in training. Uh, he, um, he was at a different place than Elijah. Or is it Elisha? I'm sorry. Which one? Sorry. So they woke up. Gehazi wakes up. And this true things are true. Uh, he looked around. And said, oh, oh my gosh, we are surrounded. So he wakes up, I believe it was Elisha. And he says, uh, prophet Elisha, we're going to die. <clears throat> he said, what is it, son? He says, we're surrounded by warriors and chariots and horses. And the prophet said, ah. He said, there's more with us that be with him. And, you know, Gehazi said, haven't you been watching the news? Which one? Fake or whatever. He said, would you open your eyes and look around? I can't prove this. I don't know. But I don't think Elisha saw anything. There's many times in Scripture, if you follow his ministry, he did see angels and all kinds of things, but he didn't need to see anything because he already knew he had an assignment to do, and I'm not through, so it doesn't matter who's here. It doesn't matter how bad it looks or the time has come to the end and there's no way out. He said, ah, don't worry about that. He says, we outnumber them. Does that make sense to you? So, you know, Gehazi's like, that's <laughs> one Two, one, two, two, one, one, two. Oh, my. And he, the, the old man, he, he sit here so long, his brain's fried. 
How did God take down an entire nation when it was at the very end and there was no way forward? Two against thousands. So Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes so he could see. that the, the boy is really scared. He, he's filling up his huggies. And he's beginning to stink. But help him open up his eyes. And, and, and Gehazi, spiritual eyes opened up. And he said, Shazam! <laughs> and he saw what Elisha already knew. Was there a fight? No. How did God end the conflict on his time? He's... He said, Elisha, he looked and he said, uh, be blind. And every one of them was blind with two words. You see, but we passed January 6th. Are you listening to me or not? Two words, be blind. But Elisha still said, you know, people ought to get another chance, second chance. Right? Thank God for second chances. So he told him, he says, lock your hands together, hold hands, and I'll, and I'll help you, you know, get to where you need to go. Well, he, they locked hands because they were blind. Mm -hmm. And him and, and Gehazi was walking with him, and he was shaking out his diaper a little bit. And he walked, and he shook out his diaper. <laughs> and, where, and where did Elisha take him to? He took him to the king of Israel and all the military, and then they were then they were surrounded, and he says, "See," and then their eyes popped open, and then they saw they were surrounded, and they said, "Are you going to kill us?" And the king asked the prophet, "What should we do?" Oh, we don't ever hear that no more. The government is asking the church, no. The king asked the prophet, what should I do? He said, well, don't kill them. He said, you know, they were just following orders. He said, no. He says, why don't we feed them? He says, feed them and let's, let's just send them home. So that's what he did. See, God's merciful. All, he wants to give mercy. So the, the king fed them. King of Israel fed them. And sent them home and they told Syria, said, uh, you're not really going to believe what just happened. Uh, I, we're just glad to be here. <laughs> you're, you're not going to do much in life when you're not willing to take a risk. And if you're worried about reputation, then you're going to be very limited because you're going to make mistakes like I have. And you're going to find yourself saying, I wish that I hadn't done that and said that or did this or if I could get a do-over. You don't have to be very old to come to that realization. But somewhere in your life, you're going to have to take a stand. And sometimes as a leader, taking a stand is not popular. It doesn't go with the majority. It doesn't take a lot of people for God to do what he's doing. It took two, a prophet and, an un, and a Gehazi in training for God to shut down an entire military. It took water to get rid of Egypt. Just water. Because they, uh, you know the story how they, they left, God delivered them, right? And then they got to the Red Sea and it was trapped. They were trapped. 
And they began to scream and cry out and said, it's January the 6th and it's too late. And I keep hearing these stories from preachers. We bless you, but would, would you please be quiet in saying that God has to have a certain ratio before he can do anything? Because at the Red Sea, how many people agreed with Moses? Best I read there, they, they kind of hated him. They was always wanting to kill him or stone him. And so Moses, he got, he got a little rattled. I understand, wouldn't you? So he asked God, he says, what about, and, and God answered him. He says, why are you crying to me? Why, Moses, are you crying to me? He's like, well, it's well, them. He says, well, go across the sea. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you, you try it sometime. He said, what's in your hand? A rod. What have you done with that rod? Oh. What does the rod represent in the Old Covenant? The anointing. What's your rod? Death and life's in the power of the tongue. So Moses said, that's what I do. He says, that's what you do. But in Psalm 77, one translation said, before this ever happened, God already went to the Red Sea and marked a path where they would go across before it ever happened. All I call it, he popped a chalk line <laughs> before the moment ever happened. And here's God's people, God's people, about to be slaughtered, God's people. And the anti-God system is going to destroy all of God's people. And God's thinking, you are? You're, you're, like, you're, you're going to destroy my, my people. So we know he opened the Red Sea. And we know because the, the hardness of Pharaoh's heart, they went after him. Just, just read the Bible. And God sent angels there and they pulled the wheels off their chariot. which really messed up their convention <laughs> at their next liberal. I mean, well, it, it, he, he pulled that off. He, he, he disarmed them. And it was January the 6th, and he, and he disarmed them. There was no way forward. So God says, I have a plan for this nation, and man has run out of what he can and knows how to do. He says, this is my nation. This is my people. My people have prayed. My people have fasted. My people have sought me. I have heard their prayers. And my, their prayers and their words will not come back to me void. Because what's at stake here is freedom. Freedom for this nation. Freedom for this nation. And whom the sun set free shall be free. You say, you sound like a fool. It wouldn't be my first time. If you don't want to ever sound like a fool, don't ever try to run anything or lead anything or start anything. Would you just read the Bible sometimes? <laughs> 
Have you, have you ever thought about Daniel? God's man. And the mandate says you can't pray, you can't see God, you can't call out to anybody but so-and-so. And Daniel had a choice, didn't he? He could have played it safe and, and closed the plantation shutters and just said, Jesus' name is Yahshua. But did he do that? No, he just said, well, it's Thursday. And it's like, well, hallelujah, glory to God. Lord, I love you. And, and just begin, and, and, and it was all set up, wasn't it? And so they went to the king and they told him, and the king really liked him, but he has to now, it was a setup. So he got lowered down, he took a risk, and he got lowered down into the lion's den. Did God deliver him from the lions? No. He delivered him in the den. He was in a hole. He was in a bunker, Mr. President. And I've heard this from people who just really don't know God. They says, well, it's because they weren't hungry that day. Can you walk and breathe at the same time? And chew gum? They weren't hungry. Well, just do a little history, you know, just, just read something. They starved these animals for days for the event. Hmm? I was so hungry the other day and hadn't, don't eat certain things anymore, but I got a cheeseburger that was that big. It was huge. And I ate the whole thing. And I even eat French, French fries, and I hadn't done that in a long time. Yum, yum. <laughs> and for my birthday yesterday, I celebrated with Pastor Billings because it's his birthday. And Barbara made us a cake, and he said, well, now, are you ready for cake? I said, of course. And he was making us coffee. But I ate the first piece of cake, which I hadn't been eating cake and sugar, I ate, the, I, I ate my piece, and, he's, and they, they got over, and, and they were ready for their cake and coffee. And I said, I need cake. <laughs> <laughs> so I ate two pieces of cake. And I said, yum, yum. And then I got home, and Kristen Elliott, they brought over Mexican food. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Woo! And they had a cake. Did you make that cake too? And it was a cat. It was a cat cur cake. Because because we celebrating. And I finished off the day eating Mexican. Hallelujah. Fajitas. Woo! And a big old piece of cake. Because we're in rejoice mode. It looks like we're in the den. It looks like we're at the Red Sea. It looks like there's no way forward. You said, but the president said this. Well, people sometimes have to say things for the moment. So the Lord told me weeks ago, he says, do not turn on the news. It will hurt you. Watch zero news. 
on my birthday, about four or eight in the morning, he says, I will tell you when to turn on the news because then you will care about the details. See, I'm, I'm, you know, we get kind of mixed up sometimes. She's organized and I've come, become better. She likes to tell me all the little things and I'm, I, I just want to know the bottom line. I, I just want to know the bottom line. I, you know, is anybody like that? Huh? Just the men. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I just want the... I counsel people sometimes for four hours and it's like, oh, what, what's the problem? <laughs> let's, let's, let's get to the end and then we'll work backwards. Amen. So he says, I'll tell you when to turn on the news because you'll want to see this. And I said, okay. He says, and it'll be very shortly even how you keep time. He says, and when I do what I do, the whole world will know there's a God. And the church is arising and waking up. He said, but the whole world's going to know there's a God. Now, I could have just wrote this down on a piece of paper. We kind of like to have done that and hid it away and showed people. And then after it's all happened, said, well, yeah, I knew that the Lord showed me. But that's not what really leaders do. That They take hits sometimes. And do they make mistakes? Yes. But let me ask you this. Even if everything I said was wrong, David asked a question because Israel's in trouble again with a man named Goliath. And a young kid got chastised by his brothers and everybody else because he asked a question. He says, but is there not a cause? Is there not a cause here? I'm asking you. I'm asking me. I'm asking everyone here today. Regardless of whether what we're saying is right or not, is there not a cause worthy of our prayer? Is there not a cause worthy that we pray for the president? You know, would you help me understand why a billionaire would leave his business to make $400,000 and lose billions of dollars while he's not there? And no one was really hating him before this. Matter of fact, at one time he was a Democrat and he understood business. He'd give money to the Democrats, he'd give them to the Republicans. He was working to whatever worked best for his business. But if you have to go back and you understand his family and where it came from, and then you'll see what, you know, God reveals things, not always when you're eight or 13, but there comes a time. But he loves America. President Trump loves America. And he knows we have people on the inside who are selling us and piecing us in, part, in little pieces until this nation will not exist one day. You weren't here, but I showed some videos for people and there's graveyards all over our nation, Arlen Cemetery, by the hundreds and thousands who, was, who gave their life so that we could be free. Their mom and dad didn't get their child back. Dad didn't come home. 
mother was never seen again. The 19-year-old never got to live his life so that you and I could be free. So even if I'm wrong, I'm asking you, is, is, there, is there not a cause worth fighting for for the life of children who are, who say, I'm tired of hearing that argument because they're not even a person. Well, really, because God thinks he knew Jeremiah before he was in the womb. Oh, oh. When Mary went to meet Elizabeth, Elizabeth was six months pregnant and Mary was just, had just conceived by the Holy Ghost, right? And they got together. Of course, you know, they're not, it's not real life. But when Mary entered the womb with the Messiah and her Elizabeth six-month-old baby come in contact with the Messiah and the anointing, and the scripture says, in Elizabeth's belly, he says, John the Baptist jumped. Why? Because even in the belly, he could sense the presence of God in the room. Oh, but you would take, go and take your life because, you know, it's the mother's choice. Well, when does the baby get a choice? So we're fighting for something that has a cause. If you've ever had an abortion, we don't, we don't chastise you. We, we, we love you. We bless you. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that's forgiven us all. There's, everyone's guilty. We, we thank God for the blood of Jesus and for the forgiveness of our sins. But there is a cause worth fighting for. And we have a fighter who's fighting for us. I decree that the United States will never, ever be a socialistic nation. Amen. We'll never be a communist nation. Amen. You're not taking our guns away. Amen. You're not taking our amendments away. Amen. We're going to vote. We're going to raise families. We're going to worship God. Amen. We're going to go to church. You're not telling me when I'm going to wear a mask or if I got to wear whatever. You say, what if you get it? I, well, I, I did get it. It's over. It was like the flu. I've had the flu before. I had the flu eight years ago when Carter was born on Christmas Eve, and I got COVID eight years forward on Christmas Eve. But I'm not going to start an eight-year trend. <laughs> it's not about COVID. It's desensitizing a, a, a whole nation into thinking certain things. And if they can mandate that, they can tell you whether or not you're going to eat ketchup or not. You can have a president tell you you have to buy insurance or, or we'll fine you. Really? 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 So why don't you just go to Arlington Cemetery or some of our near you and just... T tell that 19-year-old, that 24-year-old, that man who had three kids and their daddy never came home, never came home, and they can't even find his remains. Tell him, say, well, that was your thing. I know this is a serious, but it's a serious time. Except this, we've already won. Now, now, we've already won. 
You said, you're nuts. Well, I, I have some nutty people here with me. And we like it. And we like you. And we bless you. And we believe that you'll come to see the light. See, the, the cause is not, once again, political. The weapons of world warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to pulling down a stronghold. It's, it's about two agendas. And it's just working through people. So I'm not confused about Donald, President Donald J. Trump is not my savior. He's not my Lord. He didn't die for me. I may never meet him until I get to heaven. This is about the kingdom of God. But God chooses someone to steer the ship. And it's our protection to help our leaders when they need help, whether you're the president or the CEO or a mom trying to raise five kids with, with, with no dad there and no finances, or whether you're a pastor of a church and you have problems yourself, yeah, you're, one day you're going to need some help. So we are helping our nation. We are helping our president. We don't speak despairingly about anyone, about anything that happened on January the 6th. It'll all come out. I don't really care, to be honest with you. I don't care about all that. I care about the big picture right now. And I believe God will fix all that. I believe that God's trying to give mercy to who he's going to give mercy to. But for those who will not turn from their agenda, justice is coming to you. And I pray the mercy of God upon you. But justice is coming to some people within this nation and from, out the, from without the nation. You say, isn't that old covenant? No, it's, it's, it's old covenant and it's new covenant. You see, justice today is just simply this, that if you sow, you reap. That never changed. And God says, don't do that. Change. Repent. It'll be okay. We'll fix it. Not doing that. So, when you don't repent, then he turns you over to the harvest of your own seed. So you fooled, some of, some of you fooled the entire world. You worked a plan in the dark. Try to read Corinthians. It says, God, to God, Psalms or Proverbs, somewhere in there says, uh, I wish I knew the scripture but it, where it was at, but it says, to God, the, the dark is, is just like light. It's just as light to God at night, if there is night, as it is day. So nothing's hidden from him. And Corinthians said, God reveals the darkness and he, bring, he exposes it into the light. So I, I, I bless and I, the body of Christ, and I thank God for the body of Christ. I thank you for everyone that, that truly loves God and truly wants this nation to be blessed so that we can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I bless every prophet who has spent time before God to hear God's voice and decree what God is saying. We speak life to you. We speak peace to you. 
We speak protection upon your life. We thank you, Lord, that you'll vindicate them. And we thank you, Father God, that 2021 begins a year of total turnaround. Total, total turnaround. And for those who stood with God, great shall be your reward. I never said this before. And if you didn't, and you have enough knowledge to know better, may God have mercy upon you. May God have mercy upon you. So it's not over. It's not over. So we're still praying, but let's, let's, uh, Paul prayed and he sang praises, so we're, we're doing both, but we're, we're at the place now of just singing praises. So, if you like cat cur, you ought to get some cake. <laughs> or whatever this celebration is to you. Barbara, you can make a lot of money during this time if you just advertise. <laughs> Eat cake. Eat cake. Eat cake. Because freedom is not free. But Jesus purchased you when you were doomed, when it was too late. This is the freedom cause. And we are freedom fighters. I was told this week, and I'll close here, I was told this week, and he says, a man, and he told me, he said, uh, well, if God had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, we're, we're through with. I didn't think it was at the right time to have the discussion with him uh, while he was working for me, actually. So I just said, you know, I, I didn't say anything. And, you know, we only know what we know. But, you know, Abraham sought God and said, right, think about this. In Genesis, what, 18? Abraham, God said, I, it wouldn't be right for me to do this without speaking to my partner on earth. Abraham. And so God told Abraham, about the wickedness there and he was going to have to destroy it. And Lot was there, right? And Abraham said to God, <laughs> oh, he said, you're going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? He said, really? He says, is, is, is the God of all the earth not going to be do right? You ever told God that? Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> and and uh, so Abraham said, well, what, if, what if there's 50 there that's righteous? He said, okay, if I, if I can find 50, I won't destroy it. God searched. He said, there's no, hey, Abe, there's not 50. Well, how about 40? How about 30? Hang on. He got down all the way to 10. He says, there's not 10. Brother Hagin used to say it this way. What, what Abe should have done, he says, will you despair it for Lot's sake? But Abraham 
choked off at 10. And he, but he, he delivered the righteous and he destroyed the city, the two cities. I'm not really good at math, but I'm not really that dumb either. We have about 330 to 40 million people in this nation. I wonder if there's 10 righteous people among us. You don't see what I see, but I, I'm seeing 10 just in this room. So God's not paying this nation back for sin in that we were unappreciative of what he's done for us. And we should be appreciative. But we, the body of Christ, we're, we're mad. We're, we're, we're lovingly ticked off. We, we, we love everybody, but we've, we, we've had it way past up to here. It took a while to get us that way. My, my wife's like that. You can get by with a lot, but she, she has a point. And when you do, she, she will attack you with whatever she has to. <laughs> she can't stand to be tickled. And I've done it two or three times in the ribs. And she'll scratch you. She'll scratch your eyes out. <laughs> she will bust your ribs. And I came one time and she pulled out a steak knife and she says, don't do it, I will kill you. <laughs> so I, I don't take her very often. But sometimes it takes something to wake us up and make us mad. And I don't know about everybody, but, but there, when I say mad, I'm talking about righteous indignation. And there's a cause, and it's right. And we'd rather fight and lose than do nothing. Can I get some amens here or there? I'd, I'd rather fight for the cause that's right and lose than do nothing. So I may be talking to four people or 40,000 one day. I don't know. It's not about me anyway. You don't even know who I am. And it doesn't really matter who I am. But I'm just going to say this and then we'll, we'll stop here and close. That the plan that God has for you and for this nation is ongoing because there's a harvest to bring in. I believe the enemy would like to stop it because he would like to bring his plan of a one world order through the spirit of the Antichrist. But Satan doesn't determine when Christ comes back for the church. So the spirit of Antichrist is working here to change the timeline. But he has to work through people. So we'll never be a socialistic nation. We, we will never be a socialistic nation. And our, the borders are going to open in nations to preach the gospel. And we're going to continue to build a, a beautiful wall 
whether we pay for it or you pay for it. Hmm? The border is going to open. <clears throat> and you're not putting shots in us if we don't want one. If you're scared, take three of them. Amen. We believe by his stripes we're healed. Um, this is not the Soviet Union, so you, are, you, you will not force a shot to me. If I want one, I'll say, sure, I'll roll up my sleeve, but don't come ask me tomorrow. Hmm? We believe that Christ is our healer. We're way out of time, and I haven't even discussed this with the people, but maybe it's a good time. So if Sunday guard, Joe, you're watching from Africa, as you usually do, I, I bless you and the, the, the people in Africa who we covenanted it with. They know some about it here, but we have, they don't know the details. I've been working on for weeks with uh, River Church and others. But in 2021, uh, Grace Life Church and River Church and a couple other friends, we are going to plant a church in Liberia, West Africa. The name of the church will be Grace Life International, which was introduced through a couple in our church from his Hands of Grace ministry, and then that's where it all started. And uh, if we had thousands of people, then it wouldn't be no big deal, but the estimate to build it is $10,500. That would be the price of replacing my air conditioner if it goes out here to build a building. <clears throat> uh, we, uh, thank you for getting the estimates. That won't be enough to build your church because nothing. No, it, all, it always costs more. That doesn't give you a chair. That doesn't give, doesn't give you paint inside out. Doesn't give you a podium. Podium. You have no electricity when you get through doing it. You're going to need a generator. So. We think you're going to need $20,000. So we are going to believe God for $20,000 and start giving and with other churches that said we want to be a part of planning a work in Africa. Now, Sunday guard, you keep saying I'm going to come over there and Mother Franklin and Pastor Billings, but right now I'm just going to send money and we're going to talk and you're going to learn more of the gospel and, and all such of that. Mother Franklin will be there with some others. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I just want to plan a little vision. So if you watch this, you want to be a part of that. <clears throat> Sow a seed into the gospel uh, to people who are hungry for the word. Who doesn't have our benefits? And let's give them what's prosperity to them uh, from a country who's been ravaged from war for many years, who's never been able to rebuild. We're not their source. We're not your source. But we're going to partner with God. Amen. And by the grace of God, we are going to do something I've never thought we'd ever do. We are going to plant a Grace Life Church in Africa. And people will come and hear the word. 
and lives will be changed and people will be set free. The demons will be cast out. The sick will be raised. And heaven will be exploited and king, the kingdom of God will be expand. So I want, if you're watching with me and everyone here, I want you to believe with me for $20,000, twice what you th think you're going to build it for. And we're going to do a work. Amen. You say, well, don't look to me. Well, I'm, really, I wasn't looking to you when I said it. Because Corinthians said, he said, I'll give seed to the sower. So you don't have to have the seed. You just have to have the want, the want to. And I'll put the money in your hand. I was going to discuss this in February, but here we are. So I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you, Americans. I bless our president. Father, I thank you that we are now on your timeline. And as your partners on earth, we simply align ourselves with you. We don't have to know the details, we, but we know the outcome. We thank you that you will do whatever is necessary to bring justice and mercy. And you will keep this nation in your hand so that we may preach the gospel to the world. And that which has been wrong and injustice for so many years will be exposed, will be dealt with. Some will be reprimanded. Some will go to prison. It will be astonishing what's revealed. It's not over. Amen. It's not over. It's not over. Amen. We are the United States of America. Amen. We are one nation. We are under God. With liberty and justice for all who will choose it. And no, no actor, foreign or domestic, will come and change that. So, Father, we stand with you. President Trump, thank you. We stand with you. Our military, we stand with you. Pastors, we stand with you. Prophets, we stand with you. Intercessors, we stand with you. Little mother at home praying, taking care of the kids, crying out to God, we stand with you. We are one nation under God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.